Let the Eurovision Song Contest begin! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the Do's Part podcast. Not for Eurovision Forever. It's the first time in two and a half years. It hasn't been for Eurovision Forever. How are you feeling, Lizzie? Oh, my Lord, we don't even have time to wait. Shall we get to it? Whoop, 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 whoop. All sirens engaging. Everyone hands to their battle stations. There has been rule changes for Eurovision 2024. 2023. Liz, 20... Oh, so close. Damn it! That's how excited I am! That's how forward-thinking these changes are. It is propelling us into the multiverse. Do you know what's really funny about what you just said? Is that as you were like, quick, sirens, alarms! I literally had an emergency vehicle going down the street. I was like, (laughs) how did she do that? That's some black magic. I have had that organised all day. Oh, my lord. (laughs) Panic in the streets of London. Chaos on the streets of Luxembourg. <gasps> EB, new rules. There are new rules. First of all, hi, welcome to Do's News. It's finally back after a bit of a hiatus. Um, but I guess there is nothing to talk about except the big news, which is this voting rules change. In fact, it's more than just that. It's an everything change for oh Eurovision Lord. 2023 and probably 2024. You probably weren't wrong. You just skipped one can i also say how amazing i'm just going to call it now we are totally not only are we 100 percent psychic i think our menses have actually uh you know come in we've coincided with eurovision um because oh my god talk about a time to break news like this of course it's like five minutes before we record the new episode of Jews news oh my god we've seen Right before we get into a new season of Do's News, there it Mm -hmm. is, all of these branches. So, of course, you all know it by now if you're listening to a Eurovision podcast. They have made three real changes to the voting from the 2023 contest onwards. The first one is, of course, and you and me were a little divided, but actually I've had a change of heart on this one, that Mm -hmm. only televotes will decide the qualifying countries out of semifinals and into the grand final, which you immediately loved. Oh, I'm standing up. Do you see that? Do you see that, EVU? I am standing up. I am so excited. Death to the juries. You are actually still sitting down. Um, I This is a visual for me. <laughs> I'm emotionally standing. Okay, I'll take that one. It was a little bit weird for me. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then I was like, I sat down, I read some other people's commentary on it, and I kind of came around on it because... The juries were removed from the semifinals because of the behaviour of the juries in semifinals, mm-hmm. right? We saw this last year when five countries had their jury points tossed out mm-hmm. from the semifinal because they colluded. Yes. This wouldn't be a problem if, like, and I'm not going to name names, Azerbaijan, I already named names, didn't keep, you know, playing around with the levers to qualify through to the final. I think, like, if you're going to go this far with it, like, you're still going to let them in 
the final where they could still be messed mm. with. I think the easier thing to do was just to toss Azerbaijan out of Eurovision. I think that would have just been a no, much cleaner no, break. No, because remember, it was only alleged, okay? It was only a, people suspected. Nothing was proved. People just suggested. But ironically, I think the reason 100% that this has happened is because of bloody Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan getting through to last year's grand final when they did not get one single televote point and then like the the homeless men on meth went th- straight through not only that oh my god fat sad george michael okay that was another one carried through by the juries when the public was just so i think that there was just such a backlash from that they're like yeah you know what juries are shit let's give it back to the people See, I think you and I are coming at this from different directions. I think you're just glad that the juries are gone no matter what, no matter what the reason. I don't think you're even going to, like, wade into the discourse about why <laughs> they're getting rid of the juries. You're just like, yeah, this is great. I love it. Let's move on. Uh-huh. Whereas I definitely think uh, this is one, uh, this is a very big wake-up call. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the EBU will literally get rid of juries if you keep corrupting the juries. And the EBU loves the juries. They brought them back in because they weren't so thrilled with how the televoters were were doing stuff. Also because, you know, I think around the time the juries were brought back, Western Europe was throwing a bit of a tantrum that they didn't really get too many songs up high on the scoreboard because of all the televoting from the East. Whether that was sour grapes or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite a big change and not one that we, you know, there were no leaks that it was coming. There was no yeah backgrounding you know we didn't we just kind of got this news i know i choose to believe that it's just because um the the head of the ebu was sitting around listening to our podcast you know and was absolutely listening to us going off last year about um Azerbaijan's performance and he's like yeah what can i do that was a bit shit and he sprung into action and i'm very very excited about that i have to be honest though the only problem that i have is that the juries are still being kept around for the grand final and i don't like it i don't like it at all jack what about you you would absolutely just sink the quality of this contest provided it just meant 14 moldovas every year and a woman going like, I like oily men, and she can't sing, and she's not on tune. You'd be like, I do too, sister. That's what you, you want. That's the Eurovision that would you want. Not, that would not be the greatest Eurovision year ever, and you know it. You would love it. See, you would love it. I'm absolutely discounting everything you've said in this episode <laughs> as a result of that. <laughs> the other big change, of course, yes, the juries are still in the grand final. I think it would have been... Well, we'll go different ways on that. The other thing is everyone can now vote for Eurovision. And I don't mean everyone in Europe. I don't mean everyone in Australia. I don't mean everyone regardless of which semifinal you're in. Everyone can now vote in the world. Well, shall we clarify that? It's not everybody in the world, okay? Because, again, last year's, like, Azerbaijan entrance, men on 
homeless men on meth won't be able to enter because to be able to enter, you need to have access to a computer and a credit card. <laughs> so, so it's not everybody, you know, you're, you're excluding everybody who doesn't have a computer, internet um, access and a credit card. Like, I don't have a credit card. I that was about I to say, doesn't vote. that rule you out straight away? I know! <laughs> I'm, I'm too financially fiscal to have a credit card. Yeah, that's it's a why debt you don't trap. have a credit card. Debt trap. So the, I guess the trade-off is no more juries in the semifinals, but also Liz is no longer allowed to vote, so it all kind of balances oh. out in the long run. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I'm going to have to get a credit card. I'm going to have to get a credit card. How else do I vote for Moldova 12 times? See, I don't know if they'll actually change the voting within participating countries. I think mm-hmm. what the plan is. So I was like, well, how are you going to organize who gets 12 from who? I, I think, and someone, if you're out there, if you know how this is going to work, absolutely correct me in a heartbeat. Because I think the plan is that there will be the UK vote, Denmark's vote, Moldova's vote, Ukraine's vote. Italy's vote and then a rest of the world vote. That's what I took from it as well. Is like they're just going to clump everybody else into one, and you get like the rest of the world gets twelve, yeah. you know, points the same as as any other entrant. I feel like that's the only way they could do it. Otherwise, yeah. you know, if you did it, this was Canada's twelve through one. This was, uh, I was about to say Belgium, but they're actually allowed at Eurovision. This is Nicaragua's. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. We're already like currently between the performance and all the results. Like it currently takes like three and a half weeks for you know Eurovision twenty twenty three. If we went through every country in the world, we'd all have to take two months off. Yeah, maybe it's right. Maybe you were right earlier when you were like, oh, twenty twenty four, because that's when we'll finally get all the results of the twenty twenty three contest figured out. <laughs> So I don't know how there were, I mean, I know there are people who have actually gone into detail in the mm. EBU that have actually, the EBU's posted on their website a little more detail. I haven't gone through it enough to be able to say exactly how it's going to work. Oh, I, I went through, uh, all I was reading was the part where they were just, you know, very strict about you need a computer, you need a credit card. Um, yeah, to be honest, because there were a lot of people who, uh, the, Again, this is one that has sort of, um, shall we say, created some controversy. Some controversy, controversy, controversy. Because there are some people who, as soon as that announcement was made, uh, some people got really worried. And they were worried about basically what that effect the rest of the world is going to have on Eurovision. And people were like, "Mm, but that's part of the the charm of Eurovision is that it is just Eurovision and you're getting this snapshot from Europe. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, if we invite the rest of the world, suddenly, you know, America, Canada, you know, Ecuador (laughs) get a say in it. 
is this going to inherently change the Eurovision Song Contest and drag it away from being a sort of Europe-centric into like a more generic pop? What do you think? Do you think that's a concern? Not really. I feel like Eurovision long ago escaped the bubble of Europe. Mm. Um, You know, like the songs go viral. Globally, Arcade was a huge hit in the US. Uh, Snap this year was a huge hit around the world. Mm-hmm. So to say that the rest of the world isn't already weighing in on these songs is 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 probably disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, it's not just restricted to the countries that are voting. You know, like in 1976, unless you were in Europe, it was almost impossible to see Eurovision on the TV, right? Yeah. But literally in, like, 2021 and 2022, you could be, like, in the middle of the ocean... Mm. completely removed from any television device and you could still watch Eurovision on your phone if you got signal. So I think it is already beyond the size of just Europe. So it kind of makes sense to include more countries in the voting. Mm, Absolutely. One thing I think that will stop it from changing too much is that these countries can't participate. Yes. You know, so you're not going to get like Stephen Colbert a couple of years ago. He was like, oh, my God, this Eurovision thing is crazy. And he was like, I'm I'm showing us America's entry into the Eurovision Song Contest. And it was exactly what you thought an American media type would be like, this is so funny. This is, like, hilarious. This is what Eurovision is. And it was so wrong, right? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. funny at all. If you, like, respect Eurovision, you're like, that's so dumb. That's such an American take on it. I'm so sorry to our American listeners. I know you guys get it, but when you get people like NBC and ABC and CBS, it, it just they lose it. They don't. The networks. Well, don't to be honest, it. I was going to say like, of course, you know, they had the Amerivision this year, and yes. to be honest, it just turned out to be such a like it was such a failed like event. It was a non-starter. Um, Do you know what though? I actually completely forgot it had happened. Like, it wasn't yeah. until you said it. I was like, oh, yeah, right. They had their own Eurovision this year. It beca- it was such a non-event. And I think a lot of it, because all of us are like, oh, my God, you know, like, Star Spangled Bangers, it's going to be fireworks and sequins. Like, America is just going to get this. But then we watched Amerivision and we're like, wow, they've completely just missed the whole concept of Eurovision. It's like they do not understand it at all. It's like, and we've talked about this before when, you know, certain countries have come into Eurovision, even though Eurovision had been going for decades and then they compete for the first time. And then it takes a few years because they just don't Mm -hmm. get it at the beginning. Absolutely. And the other thing to remember is, come on, when was the last time? So if they are just going to get the 12, you know, the two, three, 12 points that the rest of the world is getting... When was the last time a winner at Eurovision was decided by 12 points? How long has it been? It has been a while. It, we've had mm-hmm. some close calls. Uh, I think Duncan only won by like 23 points or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, France only lost by like 24 mm-hmm. uh, to Monoskin in 2021. Yeah. But you're right. The Eurovision, the bigger it gets, the bigger the, the margins get. So who knows? It could come down to just a few points one year. I know. And like the, I mean, I know this, and this is always going to be our sticking point of where we're going to, I don't know, maybe they're just testing out the idea of let's get rid of the jury to the semifinal so they can test it out. And then maybe, maybe when it all starts working in an awesome manner, they can eliminate the juries from the grand final. Maybe this is a test run. Maybe this is a test run to give it back to the people. What do you think? Yeah. 
but they've done that before and it didn't work. No, but uh, Pete, the world has evolved. What do you mean it didn't work? Well, it didn't work because every song you liked won Eurovision. Well, and the other thing to consider is I, I thought it was um, – so obviously when this news came out, so we've been we've been basically, you know, having an argument for the like the last, you know, two days since, you know, we found out about what's good and what's bad, you know, about these changes. And one of your like initial reactions is you were so upset about the juries not getting a pick in the semifinals. And you were like, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is terrible. You know, we're just going to end up like, it's just going to be like TikTok is going to end up, you know, basically deciding the semifinals. It's going to be like a TikTok contest. But the thing you've got to remember is TikTok actually gave the UK its best performance in like 20 years with Sam Ryder, who of course is a TikTok star, you know, and somehow that that's how he rose to fame on the TikTok, went to, you, uh, you know, represent the UK. And oh my God, the UK has not been better in, yeah, 20 years. So 20 years. maybe it's a good thing, you know, get the times of the people. Yeah. Look, I will I will accept it. Let's see how it goes in the semifinals. Alexander, who was literally here three days ago on our show, uh-huh. did some – of course he did. He did exactly what you expected him to do. He crunched some numbers as soon as the changes <laughs> came out. Turns out there would have been a few surprises. Mm. Uh, Ukraine would not have a perfect qualification streak anymore, mm. which would have been a big upset. And a couple of countries would have qualified more. A couple of countries would have qualified less. Uh, mm-hmm. Australia would have not qualified one extra time, which is Isaiah, which I don't think either one of us would have been too upset about. Um, I, I, I can understand that. Yeah, I wouldn't be angry about that. So I'll take it as it is. I'll take it for now. We'll see how it goes. Um, there will be a backlash to this. There always is with every mm-hmm. change. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I'm actually, I'm really excited. Like these are like, this is a bold, fresh start for Eurovision, you know, for, you know, we're, we're coming, I feel like we're coming through the, uh, just the downer that was, you know, COVID and, you know, halting Eurovision and then all the, oh, I think all the weights and the worry of this, this is like Eurovision coming out, you know, new phone, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> and they are just pressing forward and I am loving it. I think this is only going to be bigger and better than ever before. And then I remember that it's going to be in the UK. And does the UK have any money? Uh, It's a good question. Brexit, they might have all that money that they said they were going to send to the NHS with Brexit. They might just push it to Eurovision. No, but then they just, they had that like, that had that terrible market crash. Like, isn't their pound Mm -hmm. worth like 12 cents? Maybe Prince Charles. Oh, I keep calling him Prince Charles. King, uh, His Majesty King Charles III could bail them out, but, I mean, not a man of the people, is he? So, anyway. Hey, no, actually, actually, you take that back. King Charles is a man of the people because he has just banned Fuakwa from all of the royal palaces. So, well done, King Charles, for your first decisive move. Good job. One tick against... An institute. No, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, let's roll on a little bit of other news uh, that is actually kind of old, but we haven't talked about yet because we haven't had Jewish news, is the cancellation Ooh. of Australia Decides. Ooh. No Australia Decides this yep. year or this coming year for 2023. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, to be honest, um, what happened with Montaigne, I think we only have ourselves to blame. <laughs> 
so that was really the beginning of the end. And then, of course, uh, what happened with Australia Decides. It's – and I mean, this is nothing against, you know, Sheldon Riley, but when we sort of – the one that was picked in the end, it's kind of we ended up with the one that the public didn't want and we ended up with the one that the jury didn't want. So it was kind of – it just went horribly wrong and I think that showed in the results. So I'm kind of not surprised. We had our shot and we stuffed it up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's really funny because SBS created Eurovision, uh, Australia in Eurovision, and it, it was literally how we caught on to Eurovision and grew to love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they always picked the right target audience when they were selecting who was going to enter Australia Decides. The first yes. Australia Decides, they absolutely did. The yes. second one, they were all like, who is really indie, who is really unique and off the beaten track, and we'll definitely just send that. I don't think Montaigne worked. I don't think no. it was the right choice. It wasn't the people's choice. And then no. Sheldon also, no, well, I mean, a lot of people voted for him. But if you break it down to who was your first pick, not us, not the juries either. Yeah. I think the other problem as well that we, what we've had with Australia Decides is, you know, when we have, um, you know, the other contests are held by the different nations um, in Europe, People know what Eurovision is. People are there like, yes, we want this for Eurovision. But whereas the problem is with Australia Decide, you had the core loyal fans of people who were there for Eurovision, you know, um, this is what we want. We're doing this for Eurovision. The problem is all of the fans of that person would come in and just be like, oh, we're just voting for this artist because we love this artist regardless. They have no idea what Eurovision is or what it is. They just wanted their singer to win. And so we ended up with songs and performers that just weren't Eurovision. You know, this all could have been undone if we just sent Queen of the Dudes Power podcast, Tanya Doko, every year since we entered. (laughs) I think that would have been the solution. You know, we do have mixed results, though. So Kate, obviously, mm. was an Australia Decides winner. Mm-hmm. Huge success. Montaigne, yep. also an Australia Decides winner, did not make it through the semifinal, only non-qualification. Then you get Isaiah, who was an internal selection, who didn't get too many televote points. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Dami, who was an internal selection, who almost won the whole thing. So there are there are... Good track records and bad track records on both sides here. I'm actually not too upset it's gone because it just felt like a non-event when it got cancelled. Do you know what I mean? I love Australia Decides. I loved going up to the Gold Coast every year. Yeah. If they'd cancelled Melody Festival, then it would there would be an uproar in Sweden. Oh, absolutely. No one is really that outrageously furious that Australia yeah. Decides is gone. Well, yeah, I have to be honest. The thing that I am most disappointed about is I was so – because uh, I, I didn't go the last one, you know, because of of, of COVID. COVID. I was worried of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, yet, to be honest, the thing that I'm disappointed about was I was so looking forward to 2023. You and I and Bob <laughs> heading up to the Gold Coast, okay, Absolutely. To, to go for Australia Decides. So, you know what? We don't even need Australia Decides, okay? You, me, and Bob, let's go to the Gold Coast. Let's get drunk and sing Eurovision songs on the beach. What do you say? Done. I'm all for it. We'll start a big Facebook event and everyone can come. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll just do like a live broadcast drunk from the beach. 
Yeah, I love it. That could not possibly go wrong in any way, shape or At form. All. No, but you know what I think? I, I was in the shower earlier and I've come up with an idea. I think I have an idea of what you and I, we need to. Tell me, you, you've you studied um, television. How do we pitch an idea to SBS, who of course broadcasts Eurovision here in Australia? I'd love to say it's talent and good ideas, but it really mm. probably is more who do you know and how marketable are you? Uh, oh, so that kind shit. of rules us out. Oh, God damn <laughs> it. What was oh. your idea? Okay, well, because my idea, obviously the problem is, you know, it's, you know, we've had songs and performers that have been picked, but they're not Eurovision ready by people who don't understand Eurovision. They don't live and breathe Eurovision. I was going to pitch to SBS because obviously they're doing the internal picking. I think they need to do their internal pick and then we need to have a show where they get you and I in <laughs> to rework. We're going to watch whatever song and performance they come up with <laughs> and then you and I will rework it using all the golden rules of Eurovision, okay, which of course we yeah. all know, peace, peace, love, love. Of course. And you and I rework it as to how it should be presented Eurovision style and then at the end of it they get to pre- they get to present the song in the style that they choose and then in the style that we choose and we see which is better I love that idea. I think we should actually give that idea legs and like do it on YouTube or something. That'd be hilarious. I know. It's like hashtag Jack and Liz decides, okay? Yeah. We could call it Jizz decides. Nope. Woo! (laughs) No, I I thought about it. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Europe, grab your towels. It's time to get jizz. (laughs) If you guys out there like that idea, let us know. We'll we'll try and work something with it. Hey, Liz, just before we wrap up here, any Mm. guesses as to who we might internally select? Or any suggestions? I have no doubt that they've already uh, worked out a deal with Dami Im. I have a gut feeling, see the Jaguar Jones or Dami myself as well. Yeah, because Eve, I think before the last year, Dami was making noises that she, you know, she expressed in the in the media that she wanted to go back to Eurovision. Yeah, she literally said, "At Australia decides, I'm coming back next year." Yeah, so obviously that, you know, that didn't happen. So, yeah, I think they've just given it back to Dami. Um, I just really hope that she's not going with one of her, like, ballads just sitting at the piano singing about her mum. Because we've got to really get something. I, I have a feeling it might be Dami as well. So we will see. But that is it for Do's News. For this week, we will be back next Friday to talk about hopefully a whole bunch of new news. I love how much Eurovision news is coming out at the I moment. Know. It's fabulous. Oh, my God. Well, hopefully we could get SBS on the phone um, and, you know, uh, Australia can get jizzed. We should get a petition going. Hashtag jizz on SBS. <laughs> I love it. Brilliant. I love it. Yes. Yes. We're going yeah. to make that trend. We will. And on that note, we will see you next Friday. If you don't follow us on socials at Doosquad Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, check out our link tree and we will see you in seven days' time. Anything to take us out with, Liz? Oh, my God. And already to end off the show, we just throw glitter at people and just be like, you've been jizzed. Fuck, I love it. It's a million-dollar idea. Good night. (laughs) 